0: So, regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team, we'll talk about your least favorite team, and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. In need of a top dog electrician, for over 35 years, Piper Electric has been the most fairly priced, dependable, and trustworthy electrical contract companies in the Denver community. If you call 303-646-6765, they will will give you the BSN back-to-school hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. They work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. Don't forget, you have to call 303-646-6765 to receive 20% off your next service call. And hey Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rantanen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. See me by Drew Bauer! Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. <laughs> Welcome into the BSN Avalanche Podcast. Today is the day that the Abs finally get back on the ice for at least semi-real competition. It is a preseason game, but a game nonetheless. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. We're here to discuss the lineup as well as a bunch of other things going into this game. AJ, you were at morning skate today. How did the guys look? At least the ones that are going to be on the ice.
1: Um, I mean, they, you know, you know how yeah. it is, man. It's Morning Skate. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's practice at the Pepsi Center. I That we call it Morning Skate is hilarious. Fair. So um, to be honest with you, uh, the biggest standout of the day to me was Nick Henry uh, because they were practicing power play stuff. And he stopped being cute with it and was just bombing one timers on net. Nice. Uh, and I talked to him about it afterward. I said, man, you, sh- you shoot the puck like you have something against it. And he laughed and said, you just close your eyes and shoot as hard as you can, right? And I'm like, if that's what you're doing, keep doing it, buddy. Right. Don't stop if that's working for you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about this lineup because it's super duper young to the point where I'm pretty sure it violates the veteran rule. The, yeah, uh, the veteran minimum rule that the NHL has in place for preseason games. So I went over it and it actually just sneaks by because technically
0: guys like Condra and Tynan qualify. Well, I know Megna and Condra do. Then um, you have Jost, Dries and, qualifies because he played right. 40 games Joked last and year.
1: And Barbario. And Barbario. Uh, Byram
0: counts because he's a first round pick right. from this year's draft.
1: That was the six I got to, but Graves didn't have enough games. Kamenev nope. didn't have enough games. Kalt wasn't a recent first round pick. Um, So I don't know. I don't know how they got to eight.
0: Yeah. It does seem a little weird. I, th- uh, maybe McDonald counts. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at what he has under his belt.
1: But. I thought I thought the rule was six until today when somebody linked it to me and said it that it was eight. It was eight, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> but either way, it's obvious that I mean, you know, I mean, if if yeah, he have put one NHL regular on this roster, so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's whatever. I mean, between it's, it's like Barbario Graves and Kamenev, and you know Greer doesn't have enough games either. Uh, either way, the point is that this is a very young lineup, right? And uh, to be honest with you, I'm excited. I'm excited to see kind of what they look like. Yeah, it should be
0: interesting to to get them. Some of them you saw in game situations at the rookie tournament, but. Obviously, the level of competition there compared to what you're going to see here is going to be quite a bit different. It is Vegas again, interestingly, same team we played in the rookie tournament first off, but they're bringing a young lineup as well. Still, some guys like John Merrill, a couple of other actual NHL players, Nate Schmidt, Alex Tuck.
1: It's going to be interesting to see how they match up against those higher end guys. Yeah, and the only lines that we got uh, tonight because there was no coach presser and they weren't doing line drills today. So we're we're kind of in the dark on a lot of this going into tonight. Uh, but we know that Jost is centering a line with Greer on the left, Cout on the right. And uh, the second line is being centered by Kamenev with Henry on the right and Dries on the left. That's an encouraging setup. Yeah, you got to like Greer getting that shot. With the, those
0: two more higher end guys, and then you throw in, in Henry with Dries, I guess.
1: I don't know. Dries is in a weird spot this year. Yeah. He's not going to be able to sneak in with that, with the center nonsense like he right. was able to last year. Just too many guys, really. Yeah. So. And I totally expect like uh, Megna, Tynan, and Condra to, to to form an AHL line.
0: Yeah. That would make. Probably the most sense, and then you kind of have your super young dudes line with Burzan, Bocage, and Mutala. Yeah, with Burzan, I guess, playing in the middle.
1: Yeah, because he's the only him... one that kind of plays center. Yeah, yeah. they've put him there before, so I'm assuming that he's the one that they would toss in that position. Yeah, maybe the more.
0: Interesting part of this setup for the day is the defense, because just about Mm -hmm. every single guy is is fighting for something here, whether it's Timmins in his first real game or or Graves trying to get back into the lineup alongside Barbario. Obviously, Byron playing to earn his spot as well. whole lot of uh, interesting things going on there. I think we might see that side of things ratchet up quite a bit.
1: I'd be I'd be curious to see what those pairings look like because in camp they ran Graves Barbario and then at the rookie tournament we saw Byram Timmons, yep, uh, and then uh, malosh McDonald are also out there tonight as well. So I wonder if those are the pairings or if they try and go young guy veteran, young guy veteran, and then it would be McDonald malosh you know, Bar Byram and then Barbario, I guess, and then Graves Timmons. Yeah if they wanted to be like young guy with a veteran all the way down, or if they wanted to just, you know, stick with the pairing that they, the graves barbarian one is, is one that they used at camp. And I think Malosh and McDonald um, make perfect sense together. So, um, we've sort of put this lineup together, actually, uh, in a way that makes perfect sense. I'm, I'm now I'm really curious to see just how right we are about it. <laughs> right? Did we hit uh, this but, on the head or? Right. Either way, it's a lot of guys fighting for jobs tonight, and the big thing is, is that they're putting Greer and Kamenev, uh, and and Byram and Timmins and Graves and Barbario, all of these guys who are fighting for these jobs, they're putting on the ice together in prominent roles. You know, they're not putting the McKinnon uh, grouping out there and kind of putting these other guys behind them just to get, you know, just to get courtesy minutes to say that they did. They're putting them in prime roles tonight in this first preseason game. I think that's important because you want to say, okay, well, look look at the competition on the other side. Almost none of their big guns are going. It's like Alex Tuck and Nate Schmidt. And then after that, it's a bunch of... Depth guys. You know, the defense with John Merrill, like you had mentioned, uh, you know, some some of their NHL guys, but they're all depth guys.
0: Yeah, I, I would say it's older and more experienced than what the abs are throwing out there, but definitely you're not seeing any of the Marchesos or any of their real top guys.
1: Yeah, um, it's just Tuck. I think he's their only top six guy that's gonna be here. Uh and when he's by himself, you know. I think, I think he's their worst player in their top six. And that's that's not like, oh, that's not to say he's bad, just that I, I really like their top six. Nah, you're, all, you're a Tuck hater. We already I, know. I am. I am I'm, I am down on Tuck as I don't think he gets much more than, I don't think he grows much more than he did last year. But that's still a 50-point player. So it's like, whatever. Um, But on his own, you know, what I'm saying is that on his own as like the star of a line, I'm less concerned about him although it will be interesting to see I mean does he dominate this game against all these young guys and depth defensemen because you look at Colorado's defense and you say oh well none of their big D are out there but realistically Bowen Byron and Connor Timmons you expect to be in their top four someday yep so maybe they aren't quite there yet but this is the
0: opportunity to start looking like they should be
1: Definitely. And, and for Barbario and Graves, they're competing head to head for spots. Yeah. You know, exactly. and, and like this whole, I mean, really those, the, the, those top two D pairings realistically are competing for those NHL spots. I mean, there's a world where all four of those guys you could put on the opening night roster
0: with injuries for sure,
1: yeah. depending on EJ and other
0: things, but right. it's, I do think it'll be curious to see how it plays out, particularly Graves Barbario. I think we both gave Graves kind of the edge based on training camp. Yes, I think he had the better training camp. Of course, the veteran aspect of Barbario's game plays into that as well. You're going to get to see them in real game situations here. How much weight are you putting behind this for someone like a Barbario? He
1: needs this. Uh, He can't take this. He cannot be casual about this. And the great thing about a guy like Barbario is he knows it. Right. He's very self-aware. He's realistic about where his career is. And he understands when looking at the roster around him, he says, okay, I'm as much playing for a job this year as I am next year somewhere else. Just because you just have to be realistic. You know, there's, there's too many bodies. There's too many young bodies who are going to be cheaper. The Avs aren't going to need to spend a million five on a seventh defenseman next year. You know, they can fill it out with the ELCs if they want to. And that's, you know, he he has to, this is, this is the first game of him making a case for his next NHL job as well as staying on the Avs this year. Right. It's a whole lot easier to find a new job in the
0: NHL when you've actually played in the NHL in the previous season.
1: Well, and especially because he's 29 years old. Yeah, not getting any younger. That next birthday is the magic number. It's the kiss of death in the NHL. Yep. It's just kind of the way
0: the league has trended lately. You got to be in the 20s or you're considered over the hump, kind of. Yep, pretty much. All right. Well, final thoughts on just kind of the roster itself before we maybe dig into expectations out of this game.
1: Uh, Werner, Miska, and Net. Yep. I think they'll probably get a 50-50 split. Bednar said they hadn't decided on that yet, but to me, that makes just sense. makes the most sense.
0: Yeah. Give both of them 30 minutes. They're going to be your tandem in the AHL, most likely. Right. Give both of them a little bit of a look.
1: I, I would also be fine with giving... You know, like give Misko the whole game and then send him down after the game. Have him be one of the cuts. Sure. And then give Warner game two or whatever. Exactly. Yep. Or have this tandem run out for game two. And then whoever, you know, Misca tonight and then Warner in game two. That's also fine. Yeah. I, I'm fine with that either
0: way. Yeah. You'll get Groob and Frank, their games in the last four. Definitely. All right. Well, we'll call segment number one there. I will be at the game. AJ will be at the game, but he's working it. I am not. So if you see me, come on by and maybe I will buy you a Breckenridge beer, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter and their oatmeal stout. But the one I know they have at the Pepsi Center for sure is that avalanche american amber ale that's the one i usually get when i go to the pepsi center when i'm not cheating on breckenridge with uh, my 90 shilling or something like that but they also do have strawberry sky available at Hopefully your local liquor store or not too far away from you, which is a lighthearted Kolsch ale. That is a light, delicious summer beer in these last few weeks of summer here. So do keep an eye out for that strawberry sky, or if you're not going to the game, any other Breckenridge beer that you can find. And we also have the Breckenridge event calendar up on bsndenver.com. You can see all of our future watch party events that we have planned on there. So RSVP, Come out and drink a few Breck beers with us. Second segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com, and order your flower concentrates, edibles, and topicals online, and then you can head to your closest Green Solution for pickup. Plus, you can use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. All right, we've kind of covered the roster itself. I do want to get into a couple of other things and, and expectations that we can see here. We did see on Monday they were running special teams. One of those was Timmons quarterbacking a unit that included Kamenev, Kout, and Greer. Is that what you're expecting to see as PP1 today with maybe Joe's thrown in as a fifth man? Yes. Because that's where I think. You could really show something, especially if you're an AJ Greer, t- really trying to fight for one of those last roster spots. You can show up on that power play, which we saw went something like over 19 in the last two games of the rookie tournament.
1: Mm-hmm. That would be something
0: a little bit different.
1: Yeah. Um, I think. Honestly, I'm going to disagree. Okay. Um, I th- I think they've got to do it at five V five. Like, Look, if they score goals on the power play, that's great. But none of these guys are fighting for power play time. The only one who maybe gets power play time and this entire roster uh, this season uh, is Jost and maybe Byram. Right. But outside of that, like, the only... I think I think they've got to do it 5v5, shift to shift. I think Greer, the guys that we've talked about, Greer, Kamenev, Sheldon Dries, Ryan Graves, Mark Burpere, these guys, if they're going to shine, if they're going to impress... If they're going to win jobs, it has to happen at even strength. That's where the majority of the game is getting played. That's where coaches make their decisions. Uh, and the power play is just a weird strength of theirs this year, in terms of the depth. You know, like they've got—I uh, want to say—ten forwards that they could that they could reasonably run out there. You know, we saw the the top unit the other day had Burakovsky on it when Rantanen signs and comes back. You move him down to the second unit. Maybe Colin Wilson gets on that unit. You know, there's, they have more options uh, and then they've got multiple defensemen that they can pick from between, you know, Byram and Johnson and obviously Gerard and McCarr. So I think, I think really the PK is definitely where the defensemen have a chance to stand out, but even strength is where I think the forward group has to separate themselves. That's the big thing. Shift to shift to shift to shift. That's where you're going to win the job. Do you know, don't have a a varying level of play, be consistent, be hard on pucks, stick to the system, be where you're supposed to be, play smart hockey, play penalty free hockey. And I think you have, you know, you put yourself into a position, and obviously, you have to create, there's got to be offense there. And then these guys will put themselves in positions to win a job or at least put themselves first in line to win a job at some point.
0: Okay, so. You said for the defenseman, the PK is a big deal. Would you rather see someone like an AJ Greer on the PK as well, given that long-term,
1: if he were to make the NHL, that's more of what his role would be? 100%. Yes, absolutely. Hell, I'm, I'm putting Tyson Jost there, too. I would have him on there. I would have him start learning the PK as well, because that's, you know, you've got to try and find ways where these guys are going to be successful, and... You know, your PK can't go to shambles because Matt Calvert or Matt Nieto gets hurt. Right. You know, you've got to have depth on that unit. And right now, Belmar, Calvert, Nieto, Comfer, Landeskog, that, they're probably set there at forward. Uh, but if if AJ Greer can become an effective PK or if Vlad Kamenev, Kamenev was a guy who Looked like he was going to be a revelation on that unit last year because he could win faceoffs and because he was getting time there and the PK was having some success while he was out there. So, if that's the, I mean, if that's one more feather in their cap, that's what they should be doing. They should be giving those guys minutes and trying to get them set up and say, okay, these guys can contribute. Because if you don't put them in those positions when you go to call a guy up, And then, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to want to put him there. You're not going to, you don't ever play AJ Greer on a PK. You're not going to want to put him on a PK uh, when you call him up. Right. You know, that's one more thing that this guy can help you with where you're prioritizing and you're saying, this is our hierarchy. Kamenev, Greer, Jost. You want these guys to be able to help you in multiple facets if they're going to be bottom six players. Now we expect Jost to get a top six shot, but ultimately if it doesn't work out, we know he's an effective bottom six player but he's going to have to add more to his repertoire rather than just be a PP2 guy who doesn't kill penalties. He's going to have to change it up if he doesn't have the big offensive breakout this year. So I'd like to see them continue to add, you know, add, add experience to those units. And Hey, if they're really bad at it, then you take them off and you don't worry about it. That's yeah. the reality. <laughs> yeah. But give them a look a hundred percent. Give them a look. Um, there are three AHL veterans on this roster that you do not need to bother with on special teams. They probably will because it's a respect thing. Uh, but you know, Tynan, Megna, and Condra do not need to be messing around on special teams. You're not you're not getting anything out of those guys. The you know, the other guys, Bokaj, Mutala, Burzan, like probably put them on like a second power play unit just, you know, just because they were draft picks and you want to see what they can do, whatever, whatever. But you're you're not wasting time on either on, on the PK where you've got holes to fill, where you've got spots, or you've got jobs on the line, you want to see those guys who are competing for him uh, try to try, try to round out their game and not just be even strength-only players.
0: For sure. On the Joe's topic specifically, mm-hmm. he's listed as a center for this game based on his linemates. That's where he would be expected to play. For that top six shot, it's not going to be at center. Is it just that's the way the lineup shook out, or is there a little bit something more
1: going on there? I would have loved to have asked Jared Benner this. Yeah, um, because I have the same question. I, you're planning on playing this guy as a wing in your NHL lineup, but you're spending your preseason time messing with him at center, like figure out what you want from the kid and let him go and do that. Like this has been the frustration with Jost in the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, all year bouncing around the lineup without having a consistent role, right? It's, and it's really hard for a younger kid to to find consistency with that, right?
1: And when we t- we have this conversation, we talk about young guys making the leap. You have to help them. You know, not not all of your young guys are going to get thrown into the fire and turn into Miko freaking Rantanen. Yep. You know, that's there's a reason. Like, there's a reason that those guys are huge success stories. Because you know, they're the odd ones out. Right, because there are the exceptions. You have to help these young guys out a little bit. I'm not saying you have to baby them, but you've got to at least you know be consistent with what you want from them. And already, first preseason game, you're tinkering with where you want Joes to play. And some people don't think it's that big of a deal. I tend to disagree because I've talked to enough players about it where they say, look, the game is different. Your expectations are different. The way you play the game is different. Playing at center, I think, brought out the best in Tyson Jost. I don't mind that they're planning on playing him as a wing because they also want to put him next to really solid top six guys and not a bunch of guys who are also trying to prove themselves. You know, not like they're putting him next to a Nazem Kadri. There's an anchor there that, that's a reliable, staple, proven NHL player that, that can play. Burakovsky the same thing. You just don't know where the level is with Burakovsky. You know, you're hoping for more there, but you know that that's an NHL player. And it's, you know, I don't mind that they're putting him on the wing in that situation, but if that's what you're going to do, then keep him there. You know, don't, what, what good or my question is, what good is it to put Tyson Jost at center in a preseason game? It's almost like, they're just like, we're just trying to get through this game.
0: Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like to me as well. It was, oh, we need another body with X NHL
1: games. Right. I guess Jost can play center. And if and if that's if that's what you're doing, put Kamenev as, as his center and have him on the wall. Yeah, absolutely. Why switch the role
0: up when you can have him continuing to work in the role he's expected to be? Right. in? Right.
1: Like I like the the Greer Jost count line. I think that's a super intriguing line, and <laughs> it could be an NHL line someday. But if you're having Joe's play left wing, then have him play left wing. Like let him get revved up doing that. Don't don't move him around. I know that I just said, you want guys to be versatile and you want to be able to put them in multiple positions, but we've seen this is a central theme of Joe's struggles. Yep. Is that moving him around, you know, it's a different thing. He's got to try and get comfortable there. He's got to try and find a rhythm. And if you're moving him, all right, well, he's a left wing on the second line five games and then all right well that's not working so okay well now he's a center on the third line now he's a center on the fourth line and now he's only playing seven minutes a night and you know and and it's what are you doing for him how are you helping him to improve you know I understand that winning is the point and that you've got to put your best foot forward to try and win games but you're also you can't lose sight of the fact that you are developing in the NHL a couple of young players You know, as much as the abs are like, hey, we don't want to continue to use the NHL to develop players, you've still got it going on with Tyson Jost, you've still got it, you're going to have it with Bowen Byram, you know, it's going to happen, you know, it's going to happen with Vlad Kamenev and A.J. Greer if those guys win jobs. Whenever they decide to give Connor Timmons the shot, because it's going to happen, I'm telling you, Uh, it's, you know, it's that's what it's going to be, it's what it always is with young guys. Young guys very rarely walk in like Kale McCarr, ready to produce at a high level in a big role. That's the massive exception to the rule, and we need to we need to see Jared Bednar adjust to that. Is the preseason really all about winning, though? No, 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 no. I was, I mean, I'm talking about like as as a whole. Like the coaching staff is concerned about winning games in the preseason. You don't care at all about the result. You'd prefer to win. Right. But I mean I was talking bigger picture there. I, no, I guess I, 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 I understand. I, I transitioned poorly there, but uh it's it's more of a during the regular season, that's where we've seen Bedner struggle with trying to help Joe out. And 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 to to be honest, JT Comfort too there hasn't been a huge leap from Comfer either. And some of that I think is because he's been moved around a lot. And this insistence that he be a center. I just, I disagree with it because we just haven't seen that. And we did see it from Jost last year. We saw it with Jost as the center and Comfer as his right wing.
0: Yeah. I I do think Comfer has done better in adapting to being moved around the lineup. I think that's, almost a skill that he has in his bag at this point is he's capable of doing that. I would agree, which is nice. That's the idea of what you want to see when you're developing a player. Like we've talked about with Greer and Cout and the like, mm-hmm. once they're in the NHL, you could make an argument that it's better to keep them in their one
1: spot. Right. And what we're seeing, one of the reasons for my optimism about the avalanche this year is that role players have roles and yes, You know, Matt Calvert, Matt Nieto, Pierre-Edouard Belmar. These guys understand their role. It's a very specific thing. They are specialty guys who are asked to do certain things. And and then at 5v5, it's like, just don't get us killed. Right. Go out there, chip in some points here, and don't give up goals.
0: Yeah, and just kind of bringing the point back into Joost. if you're putting him at center in the preseason Well, that just does not bode well for me in the regular season as well, because you're already in games that you're not dead set on half to win every night, willing to move him into that spot. Right. It. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's an excuse for why they did it, but it's still not getting him ready for the regular season.
1: Right. I mean, the the role that Tyson Jost is going to play tonight is absolutely nothing akin to what his role in the in the regular season is going to be. Yeah, it's everybody else is like AJ Greer is not going to be in the top six either. But the point is to get a guy like Greer and Kamenev and and dries and like a lot of ice time in the preseason to prove that they belong in the NHL at all. Jost isn't doing that. Jost is sort of miscast in this in in tonight, you know, as a well, he's your number one center and going up against a team that, you know, isn't isn't bringing the a the a lineup certainly. Uh so you want to see him succeed and do well and you know I I hope that line does well. If Jost flashes tonight at center, you know, now then, you've made a hard decision for yourself. Oh, and then then my post game question is, hey, Tyson Jost looked really good at center. Is yep. there a temptation to keep him there? Yep. Again, because he finished the season looking really good at center. You know, why why continue to move him around? So Tonight will be interesting to see how he does. Uh, you do, of course, you always want the guys to play better. Uh, you know, you don't want to have, oh, well, he had a bad game at center, so obviously put him at left wing. Like, that's not what you want. But, it, and we've kind of focused this just on Jost, because he is, he's sort of the odd duck out tonight. In he the, is, for sure. In the established, like, there's, he's the only guy that's an established Avs player uh, that's on this, that, like, you know, will be on the Avs roster this year and will have a regular role on the team. Whatever it ends up being. And he's he's the only one. All these other guys, you're just kinda like, uh oh, this is an interesting lineup. This is this might be the youngest lineup I think they've ever iced in a in a preseason game. It's gotta be close. Especially just like
0: sneaking in the three draftees from this year at the bottom of Bokaj Mutala and Burzan of like, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a bunch
1: of eighteen year olds, I guess Burzan's nineteen, but Right, but and and they're all their seasons start uh, this week, so I would expect that they. This is the last time we see those three before they. Yeah, Burzan plays the first
0: game of the year in the WHL on the twentieth, so he probably plays tonight and then immediately jumps on a plane back to Brandon.
1: Yeah, I honestly I would expect both of those guys, or all I'm sorry, all three of those guys to be gone after tonight. I think that's probably about right, but nice to see the abs at least
0: got them into a preseason game.
1: Definitely. Oh, I'm, and I'm excited to see him, man. I, I've got to say, I, I walked in to uh, preseason festivities, including the uh, rookie showcase out in Anaheim. Um, intrigued by Alex Bocage, And I've walked out feeling like he's a top 10 abs prospect. There you go. Get the hype train rolling early. Like, maybe 10th? <laughs> yeah, definitely in the bottom. <laughs> so like, in bad, the 7 but... to 10 range somewhere in there. But I have definitely... That star has risen quite a bit for me. I've just watching his hands, watching how he shoots, watching how he works. Um, he's got a very punchable face, too, which is going to annoy <laughs> the opponent. Um, you know, it's... He's just... and. I, and you know he's kind of a goofy kid. Uh, the the time I've gotten to spend talking to him and getting to know him a little bit, he's he's a character, man. I I really am. Uh, he's a guy that I'm keep I'm, I want to keep an eye on tonight, uh, especially on a power play because that's a dude that anytime the puck comes to him, he has the ability to just rip off an NHL shot, and you're just going to be like, whoa, wait, wait, well, will hold up. Where did that come from? From this kid who you're like, what's a 74? You know, this isn't even a real hockey number. Like, this is absolutely an assigned preseason training camp number. And this dude has the ability to just rip one. And I think that... uh, I, I think that... Hopefully he shows it off tonight. Yeah, that's between him and Nick Henry. There's a couple of guys who aren't vying for NHL spots that, and Berzan, honestly, I've, I, Luca Burzan made an unbelievable pass this morning um, through the seam on a, on a power play. It was a one touch pass where they down low and then across the ice uh, to Henry who won time to Dan. And it was like, hello. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. I was like, there were expletives said. But I can't say on the show. So, well,
0: all right, we'll get out of segment two then with with some hype on the young kids, because sometimes trying to build an NHL roster through the preseason is a little bit like remodeling your house. And Chad with HouseLift has an incredible service for you. If you or your friends are thinking about selling your house, but it's not in tip-top condition, go to HouseLift.com. They will show you how to maximize your profit. If your house is in need of an upgrade, HouseLift can assist in eliminating all of the stress of the remodeling process while matching the current trends that buyers most desire. And get this, there are zero upfront costs from you, the homeowner. That's right, you won't pay for any of the upfront costs for the remodel until your house closes. Houselift will handle everything from the contractors to the design and manage all of those costs. Here's what you need to do. Head to their website or Facebook page. You can find both at houseliftcolorado.com and check out the incredible remodels Houselift has done for homeowners here in the metro area. In past jobs, Houselift has put anywhere from fifteen dollars to $60,000 more into their clients' pockets. Call 303-885-7888 today and find out what House Lift can do for you. Oh yeah, if you hire one of House Lift's preferred realtors, they'll sell your home without charging a listing commission. Third and final segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast with Nathan and AJ as we're building up to game one of the preseason. AJ's already
1: giggling over there. (laughs) I've got to say, I'm bummed that uh, the, the listeners did not get to hear the song that you sang that led up to the start of this. Was I not, singing a song? Less, less a song, more a jingle. <laughs> we'll call it a jingle. And a one, a two, <laughs> <not three. laughs> That was the one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not,
0: probably not my best work. Not that I'm a good singer by any <laughs> means.
1: Right. Not, that, not that we're getting paid for our, uh, our ability to, uh, you know, make sweet, sweet music on the podcast. That's Here. over on the uh, BSN Rockies cast, I think. Dude, have you heard Drew sing? Yeah, he did the jingle for the Denver Sports Pod, right? Well, I mean, like, have you have you heard like one of his his the songs, like his actual like original? I haven't original. actually heard him sing a song. No, dude, I don't know if you are familiar with Cat Stevens, but he's Cat Stevens. I am not, so okay. it's uh, he's got that
0: sweet silky voice. It's yeah, straight up, dude. It's ah, uh, it's so good. <laughs> All right, well, we'll have to commission him to sing an Av song for us someday. (laughs) Uh, But we do have a preseason game. We focused in on Tyson Jost. We focused in a little bit on the defense. I do want to talk about some of these other guys. You started talking about Nick Henry, some of these AHL guys that, they're not going to make the team pretty much no matter what they do in the preseason here, but what do they need to do to look good and realistically try to get themselves into the top six for the Eagles?
1: Oh boy. Uh, well, uh, if they want to, if they want to get into the top six of the Eagles, they might wanna, they might want to whack all those AHL guys that they've got on the, on the ice with them tonight. You know, <laughs> that veteran line standing yeah. there right in their yeah. way, basically the, 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 the Tynan, uh, the Megna Tynan Condra trio. Yeah. Um, PS, P. that's a big reason why I'm super excited for the Eagles this year, as much as I'm like, dang, those guys are taking away ice time from some of the Avs forwards that I'd like to see play. Uh, you know, guys like O'Connor or Lewis or, you know, some of those guys, like that's a really solid proven veteran line that I think could be really dangerous. Um, in the AHL, of course. Uh, but to answer your actual question, um, you know, a guy like Henry, he's gotta do what he does, man. Uh, we've he's he's had a very, very good start to his first pro season, where he looked really good in Anaheim, the coaches raved about him, the scouts raved about him. Everybody in the abs front office is feeling good about the Nick Henry situation right now. Um uh, Greg Cronin, Eagles head coach, said that. He's already seen a, a significant difference between the player that he left in the spring and the player he's gotten back in the fall so far. That's a very good sign. Nick Henry is putting in the work. Uh, he is a guy that uh, you know you and I both have in our top 10 AVs prospects uh, and think that a year or two from now when Matt Calvert, uh, his contract is up, that's a guy that you could easily consider for that spot and and get kind of a similar player. Uh, in the NHL anyway, you know, right. Um, with like different, different style, you know, Henry's a much better shooter. Calvert's a much better skater, but, you know, playing the same role. Right.
0: Grinder. Go right. 110% work ethic type of guy. And right. Sure. Like, like like his nickname is hustle Hank for a reason. Exactly. In the defensive zone. I, I think he sets up exactly like Calvert in the offense. Mm-hmm. Maybe you set him up more like a, a Jamie McGinn type, something like that,
1: but. That's a s that's a really solid um a, a really solid comp, actually. Not the not a not the greatest skater, but a guy with a, a really solid shot for a bottom six player.
0: Probably not someone you want carrying the puck, but if you can set him up with that shot.
1: hmm And make has it enough work. has enough playmaking where he understands how to right. and, I, I think that he's a guy that has more playmaking than a guy like McGinn. Just just because we're using, you know, we're talking about him as like our base for right now, but uh, yeah, that's a really solid. Um, that's where we expect him to be in the future. Exactly is somewhere somebody, and that's this is a year or two down the road. He's coming into his first pro year, and you know this this is not like a Cout or a Bowers where they're already uh, either a little bit older or have some pedigree. Full full AHL season in Cout's case you know and you kind of want to see them push right now. Yeah. But uh the um my brain just turned off. But 2 years from now. Right. After
0: one full year in the AHL and then start to kind of really push for a potential injury call up after that.
1: Right. And he's really excited I talked to him this morning. He's really excited to play on Pepsi Center ice. Yeah. I thought that was cool because i'd I'd like to play on pepsi center ice well right and like but it it reminds you like these are still kids you know these are these are still guys who you say oh well hey he's a pro hockey player and in in some respects he's made it it's just such a different world right like yes henry is a player who grew up
0: playing in canadian juniors and those stadiums mm-hmm. are cool. You know, they have 5,000, 6,000. Maybe the biggest ones have 8,000 seats. Right. But I mean, these are literally small towns. Right. <laughs> Not a ton of people in the city. And you get into the Pepsi Center and it's this 18,000 seat behemoth that has third decks and stuff. And it's it's a whole different audience situation
1: there. Right? I mean, Texas high school football players are playing in bigger, in front of bigger crowds than the Canadian junior kids are. Right. Exactly. And so getting them in front of Pepsi center, you know, he was, cause Henry was telling me, he was, he was like, Oh, I was looking around at the lights and just the arena. And, you know, this place is, it's going to be an honor to play on this ice. And I, I start, I'm starting to get the feeling from some of these young guys that the pride is coming back yeah. in being a member of this organization that the guys at the top, the McKinnons, the Landis Cox, Eric Johnson, these guys are setting the tone and now that they're experiencing a little bit of success in the NHL uh, that, that there's, it's becoming, I'm draft. I'm a member of the avalanche. There's a certain pride. There's a certain level of accountability that's expected. There's a certain attitude expected of you when you come to work every day. You know, there's, there's a different feeling in the last two years. I felt this building where, Obviously, after the 48-point year, the entire organization just went nuclear. And it said, we just wish we could reset everything. We're resetting our mindset. We're resetting everything. Uh, The only things that that, that really stuck around were the obvious star players, uh, the head coach who revamped his coaching staff, and, you know, obviously the front office. But the the way that they've approached things that, you know, we saw Jared Bednar got rid of the Burgundy and White game. Uh, added, added another day of training camp. We used to have two days of training camp and it was all scrimmages. Now it's four days of training camp leading right into, uh, right into the preseason. And it's all, it was all about teaching and it was all about systems. And then it was about a little bit of scrimmage work. And then, you know, competition got sprinkled in here and there, but wasn't the main focus. It was about teaching and execution. And we see Jared Bednar as a coach growing and changing and, and maturing, and all of it is setting up, there's a pride in being a member of the organization. And there's an expectation of who you are as a professional every day when you come to the rink. And I don't know that that existed a couple of years ago. I don't know that it was a top-down focus because, and I'm not going to get specific, but there were, there were players on the Avalanche that did not have that kind of leadership about them. You know, they were there were there were good NHL players on the team, but they did not bring that element of organizational pride to the rink with them every day. It's definitely cliche, but
0: it sounds like, you know, putting on that A wearing the A on your crest
1: means something again. It's starting to I don't want to say that they're there, but I think that the culture is building where they're achieving. You have to achieve in the NHL as an organization for people to take, of seriously. course, of course. And I think two years in a row of that. And, you know, it's just the two years. And so that's why I say, this is just, it takes time. You know, where you know that the Blackhawks kids that have been drafted in the last five years. Uh, well, none of the first round picks, cause they all get traded to Arizona, but all the other kids that come into those camps, they put on that Jersey and they understand after that dynastic run that they had the three cups in six years, there's a pride there. There's an expectation of greatness. And I think that the Avalanche are starting to build up the pride part of that and that they're trying to instill that daily sense of accountability. And when I talked to Henry, that was the sense that I got was it it just oozed that this was a, he was excited to play in Pepsi center. He was excited to play as a member of the AVs. He was excited to play with his teammates. You know, I asked him, you know, about playing next to, you know, playing next to Drys and playing next to Kamenev, and and I said, do you take it as a compliment that they're putting you with NHL talent? You know, guys guys who were on the team last year that played a combined 60-some-odd NHL games. And he said, yeah, I, I take that seriously. That shows me that there's a belief in me, and I have to reward that. I have to answer the bell. And I think that's an attitude that's been missing out of a lot of the prospects and a lot of the young kids in the last couple of years. There were some that I know that were a little more entitled. They wanted to be handed a few things. I think the abs have moved away. And when we talk about some of their weird draft picks and some of the, some of the guys that they've selected where we're kind of like, ah, I think there's a common thread in their mindset, their mentality, their approach uh, to, to life and, and hockey in general where they take themselves seriously. And they've because character has been kind of like the sneaky hockey uh the sneaky trait that slides a little bit more under the radar when we talk about draft picks and some of the some of the younger guys that they've targeted, you know a couple of years ago when they did the Duchesne deal, uh there's there was talk that Colin White might have been available had Colorado pushed a little bit harder or maybe wanted to include another a, a pick of their own with Duchesne and instead they wanted Bowers you know and and Bowers was it was uh they will they loved his character and they loved his his attitude and his approach and anybody that you talk to about Shane Bowers the player that's one of the first things that stands out leadership character you know approach every every day comes and takes the job seriously I was sitting next to Evan at morning skate this morning and guess who's standing in the tunnel just with this just standing there itching to get on the ice. Shane Bowers. There you go. Just watching them. And I think that more and more these these young kids that are starting to find their way to the Eagles are are guys who share that love of just being a hockey player and and wanting to get better every day and dedicating themselves to being the very best version of themselves. And I think that that we're starting to see that that attitude start to take over.
0: I I will say Whew. this is going to make no sense, but bear with me. It does feel like there are less sideshows with the Avalanche in these past two years. Yes, I understand Mika Randon still not signed, and that's a big sideshow. Mm-hmm. But it feels a little bit different because there's eight other guys that are still not signed, and this RFA market is, is more of a league-wide thing. Whereas in previous years, we've had the Duchesne saga before that. Patrick Wise, coach was always kind of his own little sideshow of what he's going to do next. And it all seems more focused
1: building into the team as a whole. Now. That's an interesting way to put it. Less, less sideshows and more building into the team. Right. Exactly. And I think that, I think that that leads into uh, an article that I'm actually working on. Oh, well, there you go. Um, Cause I've been talking to some of the guys about, about that exact thing, uh, about role players uh, understanding their role and in buying into team first and team success over personal success. And you know, I have a job to do. This is what my job is. This is how I'm going to approach it. I've been working on that for the last few days. Uh, so I, you know, hopefully in the next tomorrow's an off day. So hopefully in the next two or three days that'll be done, and I'll have all the uh, I'll have all the quotes that I want from all the guys I want to talk to. But I agree with you. Um, I, I I do think that it's a, that's a good way to put it. There, there's not as many sideshows. shows. There's not as many uh, individual fiascos around the around the team. Right. I
0: that's at least how I felt about it. And for whatever reason, I'm still not too worried about the in situation, though. Another week here, and we'll see where that stands.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think I'm I'm getting nervous about it just because immigration has been such a difficult obstacle for other players. Kevin Fiala signed six days ago and he's still not in the country. Um, you know, I mean, that's a guy who signed before everything and is still sitting around waiting. Uh, I mean, if Miko Rantanen, if something similar happens, Miko Rantanen would have to sign by next Tuesday to try to get him here before the start of the regular season. Uh, and that's, you know, that's assuming that it goes wellish. Right.
0: Well, you got to hope they get that done, but for now, final thoughts on the game that is happening in a couple of hours here.
1: Uh honestly, I'll just repeat this. I've t- I've, t- I've told this to a few people already, but game one of the preseason, it's all about, yay, hockey's back.
0: I'm with that. Yeah, games,
1: games two, two through six of the preseason. It's like, all right, can we get on with this? So for tonight, I'm super excited. Um, and it's never—I always tell people—it's never a bad day when I get to go to the office and it's a hockey rink, of course. You know, and just the love. I'm—I'm I'm so excited to be back um, at this job one more year. Honestly, man, I—I I can't even express my appreciation and how excited I am to be doing this with you this year. Uh, if Evan were on the show, I would tell him the same thing. That I'm excited that Evan is part of the team. I think that we have such a cool idea for how we want to cover the ABS this year, and we're going to have such an interesting approach that we haven't really taken before. Some of it will be old, but a lot of it will be new, and we're just we're bringing a different way to to look at hockey coverage. Uh, and I and I just think I'm so excited to be part of this this group. Uh, that that we have built in in covering the abs this year, I think they're gonna be fun. i do I, I always say I don't know how good they'll be, but I think they'll certainly be fun with the possibility that they're very, very good. and i'm I'm very excited to get to the rink tonight. Uh, I wish I could just fast forward a few hours to when i'm you know i'm I'm headed to the rink uh, i'm I'm ready to get there. I'm ready. I'm gonna get there early and sit up in the press box and freeze my ass off because that's what happens. Uh, but it's it's gonna be awesome. I hope as many people come out to the preseason games as possible. Uh just because it's you know, you're not gonna get a chance to see a lot of these guys for another year or maybe ever. So um I'm just excited. I'm very excited.
0: Yeah. I can certainly say I wake up with a smile every day, knowing that today I get to talk hockey is my job. So I, I can't wait to actually have real games to talk about. Uh So, yeah, that's going to do it for this preview of of game one of preseason here. Thank you, as always, for listening. If you see me at the game, feel free to stop by and say hi, and we will talk to you about this game tomorrow.
1: If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits